Hey, it's Brian. Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and so is the official start of the new 2020 Christmas season of Christmas Past. I've got another season lined up with everything you've come to expect from Christmas Past during the holiday season, the fascinating stories behind your favorite Christmas traditions, and Christmas memories from listeners just like you. Now, speaking of which, it is not too late to send one, and all you have to do is record a voice memo into your phone and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Just keep it clean and family-friendly, reasonably short, and don't forget to say your name and where you're from. Now also, before you forget, or before things get crazy with the Christmas season, I'd love it if you could take a minute to rate and review Christmas Past on Apple Podcasts. And that really is all it takes, one minute, just to share your thoughts with the rest of the world, and it really does help the show a lot, more than you might think, because it helps more people discover the show, so it's kind of like spreading Christmas cheer. It doesn't cost you anything, and I'll be happy to send you an official Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. You can reach out for more details on that, and again, the email address is christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, come on by christmaspast.media and scroll down to the latest post section. That's where you'll find the definitive directory of Christmas podcasts. It's a listing of over 160 podcasts grouped into 12 different categories. There's something for everyone and sure to be several Christmas podcasts you haven't discovered yet that'll add that extra bit of Christmas spirit to your playlist. Again, christmaspast.media. Now, if you've been listening throughout November, you'll know that in the run-up to Thanksgiving Day, we've been revisiting some of those classic Christmas Past episodes from previous seasons, like this one. And I chose this one because in just a couple of days, you're going to start hearing the phrase Merry Christmas a lot more frequently. Or, depending on where you are or who you're with or what you're listening to, you might hear the phrase Happy Christmas. Maybe you've wondered yourself why some people say Merry Christmas and some say Happy, and so in 2018, I talked to linguist Erica Okrant to find out why. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope to see you again in just a few days, which will be Thanksgiving Day and the official start of the 2020 season of Christmas Past. The holiday season is upon us once again, so let me be among the first to say Happy Holidays. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and a happy Halloween too if you consider that part of the holiday season. Some people do, you know. And hey, if you had a birthday recently, well, then I'd like to wish you a happy birthday. And in just a few short weeks, I'll be wishing all of you a happy new year. But one thing I most certainly will not be wishing you is a happy Christmas. That would just sound weird, wouldn't it? Happy Christmas sounds maybe a little pretentious, at least when an American tries to say it. No, here in America, we wish one another a Merry Christmas. And just as importantly, we don't wish one another a merry one of anything else. In fact, with just a few unremarkable exceptions, the word merry nowadays seems to be reserved almost exclusively for spreading holiday cheer. Why? Well, it's a combination of language changing over time, a bit of influence from the printing and publishing industries, and the story of a phrase that survived a Victorian crackdown on partying in the streets. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. Happy and merry may sound interchangeable, and to a certain extent they are. They both refer to a pleasant or joyous state of mind. But there is a subtle distinction that makes all the difference. 
To make sense of it all, we're going to need the help of a linguist. I'm Erica Obrant, and I'm a linguist. Erica writes about language for the website Mental Floss. She's the author of The Land of Invented Languages, and she's currently at work on a new book. Mary is the older word, the one that's been in English for longer. It's more a sense of cheerfulness. It comes from the same root that gave rise to the, the word mirth. It used to be more widely applied, so you could say something like, oh, merry weather we're having today. For centuries, both Merry Christmas and Happy Christmas were used as greetings, as a way to wish someone a good holiday. But uh, over time, it became more associated with toasting and carousing and drinking and, and getting a little bit rowdy. So while happy and merry do have a lot in common, the difference is that over time, merry suggested a more active expression of happiness, as in to make merry. While happy, on the other hand, was more passive, and arguably more sober and sedate. Now remember that point, because we're going to come back to it soon. But an active expression of happiness was a perfect thing to associate with Christmas, and so the phrase Merry Christmas was born. The first known example of it appeared in a letter in the 16th century written by a bishop to England's chief minister. And that same century gave us the song God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, which further solidified the association between Merry and Christmas. And for a good stretch, Happy Christmas and Merry Christmas peacefully coexisted. That is, until the 19th century. On this side of the Atlantic in 1823, a professor named Clement Clark Moore published a poem titled A Visit from St. Nicholas. And when it was originally published in a New York newspaper on Christmas Eve, the final line of the poem read, But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all! And to all a good that night. That sounds wrong now. It's, it's not happy Christmas to all. It's merry Christmas to all. Twenty years later in England, Charles Dickens would publish A Christmas Carol. And in the opening scene, Scrooge's nephew bursts into the counting house to say, A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Of course, A Christmas Carol was a bestseller, which helped to further popularize Merry. And so did something else that happened that same year. The first commercially printed Christmas cards. Now, if you remember from an earlier episode about Christmas cards in Season 1, those first Christmas cards displayed the message, A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. Merry became associated with the Victorian ideal of Christmas, which was hugely influential on how Americans celebrate the holiday. So it wasn't long before Merry Christmas caught on here in America, to the point where later publications of A Visit from St. Nicholas usually changed the final line to, but I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. But back in England, it wasn't just Dickens and Christmas cards that were influencing how people thought of Christmas. Christmas celebrations before the 19th century were very different from what we know today. They would involve carolers going door to door, people celebrating and drinking in the streets, getting loud and quite often rowdy and even violent. And the problem only got worse as more people moved to cities for factory jobs. So there was something of a culture shift, starting with the upper classes who wanted to rebrand Christmas as more of a family-centered, domestic celebration than a public one. And given that Mary does imply this kind of active role in festivity, maybe it was time to move away from wishing people a Merry Christmas and wish them a happy one instead. It was considered a little more classy to say Happy Christmas and 
Mary, what the person put it, had a ridiculous excess of sentiment to it. It was a little bit too over-the-top as a greeting. And this trend continued for several decades. Happy Christmas was the highbrow expression. King George V used it in the first Royal Christmas Radio Address in 1932. To all, to each, I wish a happy Christmas. God bless you. But here in America, Merry Christmas stuck, even as the word Merry itself was falling out of general use and starting to disappear. Think about it today. We have Merry Christmas, Merry-Go-Rounds, the phrase, the more the merrier. Other than that, and the occasional person named Meredith who goes by Merry, you don't really hear the word anymore. It's what Erica calls a fossilized word. It is such a cyclical and entrenched in ritual activity, not just religious rituals, but all kinds of rituals surrounding what we do, how we greet each other, the songs we sing, the cards we send, is all very strongly bound up with this phrase. A lot of Americans assume that it's all happy Christmas over in England, but they say either one over there, and Mary is becoming the more common of the two. But hey, no matter who you are or where you're from, happy, merry, it doesn't make a real difference today. It's all about your family's tradition, and you've probably been hearing one or the other since before you were even old enough to understand what Christmas was. Isn't it interesting to think that we don't even remember our first several experiences with Christmas? But that doesn't stop them from becoming meaningful experiences, as Charlene from Pittsburgh tells us in this Christmas Memory. My fondest Christmas memory is more a memory of a story that was always told to me when I was growing up. I was born in October, so my very first Christmas, I was only about two months old. My dad actually wrapped my presents, even though I wasn't old enough to even sit up on my own. And on Christmas morning, he woke me up early and he sat down on the floor in front of the Christmas tree with me, cradled in his lap and unwrapped all of my Christmas gifts for me. My mom sat watching along from the couch and says that I was in and out of sleep during this whole unwrapping, but she thought it was just the cutest thing. Their excitement with my first Christmas and in later years with my brother as well, it set the tone for the love that we all have for Christmas. For my whole life, I always have the best feelings around the Christmas season. So when I became a mother myself, I thought it was only right to share that same experience with my own son, who was born in November and only about five weeks old on his first Christmas. On Christmas Eve, I wrapped his little presents which, in case you were wondering, were just stuffed animals and baby toys. And on Christmas morning, I woke him up and sat cradling him in front of the Christmas tree and unwrapped his presents for him. It felt nice to keep that little tradition going. My son shares in my love for Christmas now as well, and through the years, he has become quite used to seeing me watching Christmas movies all year round. It's pretty much the norm in our home but his favorite is Christmas music. Now my son will be 11 years old this Christmas, and I've told him this same story about both of our first Christmases as infants and our special gift unwrappings. This is just one simple and sweet memory for us. And who knows, maybe one Christmas morning years and years from now, he will do the same with his own child. 
Thank you so much for listening and Merry Christmas. Now, I would love to share your voice with the rest of the Christmas Past family this season, so send me your Christmas memory. It's not too late. All you have to do is record a voice memo on your phone and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail on my Google Voice line at 650-394-7162. Christmas Past is produced in sunny San Mateo, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thanks to Erica and Charlene, and thank you for listening. I hope you'll keep listening all season long, so please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if that place happens to be Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, I'd love it if you could leave a review there, because that helps more people find the show. I'll even send you a sticker to say thanks. You can email me for more details about that. This show is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the best Christmas podcasts around. Ones like Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. Every week, all year long, hosts Julia, Tom, and Anthony discuss Christmas movies, specials, and TV episodes, and you can find out more about them and all the other great Christmas Podcast Network shows at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. As for me, I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and the best way to find me in any of those places is to start by visiting my website at christmaspast.media and scrolling to the bottom of any page. While you're there, check out all of the quizzes, infographics, articles, interviews, trivia game videos, announcements, giveaways, and whatever else I decide to come up with. Again, that's christmaspast.media. I hope your Christmas season is off to a great start, and I hope you'll join me again next time for more stories from Christmas Past.